Blog Talk Radio. You know, I'm usually good uh, for doing that at least once a week, as all of you know. Uh, so why not start the show off with that and not turn on my mic? Well, welcome, my minions. Welcome to The Balance. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning. Today is a very special Saturday morning high atop The Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana. We are so proud today to be honoring those that serve. We want to thank every person uh, who has served or is currently serving uh, in their service. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we were going to start the show off with Rick Riggin uh, uh, calling from the AMVETS. We had to tape it yesterday. Uh, but so that said, it'll be at the end of the show instead of the beginning of the show. But we, we've got that. We're going to be honoring all the veterans, and we're going to be talking about the AMVETS and their mission. Uh, it's certainly something that us here at The Balance uh, take true and dear to our heart. Uh, and then we're supposed to – we're slated to have – first of all, let me tell you, my throat is about gone. So my voice is about gone. So I, I will muck through this the best way I can, right? The show must go on. But we've got Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place. Uh, we'll be talking uh, some Jim Harbaugh. Yep, we're still talking about Jim Harbaugh. Big Ten, Michigan, breakdown, college football, week 11. Also, we got a recap of, uh, of the 2023 season of uh, NASCAR. Steve Wilson. Uh, an editor-in-chief, our official NASCAR contributor, joins us and help us uh, wrap up NASCAR's championship. And uh, Ryan Blaney obviously got that championship. We're talking a little bit about that. And also, uh, to wrap it up, put a bowl on it, we've got Ed Kratz, beat writer uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. He's breaking down the upcoming Week 10 in the NFL. And, you know, as always, you know, stick around. It's about to get good right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. 
I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. I never get lonely. I got these goals to keep me company. I took the rear view off of this so forward, so I only see him in front of me. Now the past is out of sight and out of mind. Swore I changed, now I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm just a long head son of a sinner. 
what we're talking about today, and that is right. that is our veterans. It's Veterans Day. Uh, it's about old guys like me and old guys about uh, like 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 our next guest that we have. That's even uh, better than me, you know, because the Pulse eighty four commander is on with us today, and uh, and it's about our men and women that are serving currently. These are our heroes. You know, so forget about all the sports talk that you hear normally normally on this show. Forget about all of that because none of that of would not even exist if it wasn't for our veterans serving today and all of our veterans that have served uh, before. So I'm Rick Riggin. I am the vice commander here, Post 84, and that's Post 84 in Evansville, Indiana. And joining me also... Commander, the AMVETS Post 84 Commander, Jeff Norman. Jeff, super I appreciate you joining. I am super excited to talk to both of you today, on Veterans Day especially. You know. uh, what an outstanding day it's going to be for Post 84. We've got an event coming on tonight where we're going to have a flag retirement ceremony. It's our second annual. Our very first one was a great success. It's, it's a tearjerker if you want to show up. Uh, we do it a little bit different. We still retire the, the flags that need to be retired, but we let our people and our community come in and take one of those flags and honor somebody in their family that was a veteran or is currently serving, state their name, state their service, and they personally get to retire that flag. It means a lot to a lot of people. And being the great guest that we are to our community, we love it, Rick, don't we? Oh, love it. And, you know, Jeff, I cannot, like, say that even better myself. I mean, that's what it's about. It's getting our community involved, getting our veterans involved, uh, those that have lost a loved one that was a veteran. They get to honor them uh, by retiring a flag in their name. You know what? I appreciate you guys jumping on with us today. Uh, Jeff, I, I met you uh a few weeks ago, and, and it's so good to have the guys from you, the crew from Evansville, to jump in on here. I guess, yes, sir. Did we make I, it a, <laughs> You did. <laughs> you did. I, I, I just Coast Guard. What about Space Force? Are they are they going to be well? Space well, Force? yeah, that's, that's probably true. I never looked at it that way, but you know, just like the Marine Corps, the Department of the Navy. Space Force of the Department of the Air Force, and that's me and Jeff. And I just want to take a second here for our listeners. I've been on the show a really long time, and I know we talked yeah. about it from time to time, but uh, a lot of you don't know that Tom Marquez, El Presidente, man, our host of this show, The Balance, also himself, an Army veteran, Captain, yeah. 10th Mountain Division, dude. So please. Uh, let's recognize that also. And Tom, I know you're putting us over, putting Post 84, you know, on, on the map here for the state of Indiana. I just want to take a moment and also thank you for your service. I appreciate and that. They do that. Thank, thank everybody for their service. I thought that was. I, I, I thought all that was secret, Rick. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about the ambats and what they do. AMVETS is a, was chartered here by Congress many years ago, uh, people coming out of wartime at that time, and just didn't have places to go and, and, and 
different conflicts, didn't have people that understood them. So this was created uh, for the veterans to have a place to go to talk to other veterans about their service and, you know, get away from the war at a little bit, but also to have camaraderie with each other. We, we do a lot for our community. We do a lot for veterans, and we appreciate and love the fact that we're not just veterans in here. We have our ladies auxiliary, and we have our sons of AMVETS that also join us in here. And Rick and I have coined the phrase here at AMVETS 84, it's not just one entity, it's we, because it's all we together that take care of that. Veterans had wives, they had sisters, they had brothers, they had sons. Whether they perished at war or they came back home, those people had something to do with their lives as well. So they're included here at AMVETS, and we couldn't exist with, without all of us together. So uh, one thing, Jeff, I would, I'll point out to you, that we are a national show. We're all over the United States, all over the world. How can people that maybe aren't in Evansville get acclimated or aligned with the AMVETS and, and get those resources? Absolutely. There, there's a website out there for national AMVETS. It's www.amvets.org. There's a plethora of information out there that you can look at. You can always absolutely call any AMVETS post. I'd like to add also that we're, we're a service foundation, so those vets in need that are looking for help uh, as they get out of the service in many facets, whether it's medical or just understanding their records when they get out, we also take care of that. We, we have one organization that just makes sure that you get your benefits w when you're done with your service. Rick Riggin has been a good part of this show for a long, long time. Uh, he has came into the AMBETS there in Evansville or AMBETS and said, hey, what can I do? Let's, let's brag on I, my nephew a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I could tell I'll, you exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, me and Jeff can both tell you. Uh, uh, he's one of the, the, the people here that has put himself out front for everybody uh, to to kind of guide the way a bit, you know, to, to be that sort of leadership uh, that AMVETS Pulse 84 needs, uh, but just AMVETS overall needs. I mean, if, if Hunter wasn't here, he'd be great in any, any post. Right, uh, so he he has put himself uh, with our members here and, and put himself in, in that leadership position uh, without even being asked to do it. Or uh, he he's, he's done it he's done it to himself. He, he's that's the type of person he is. I mean, he has uh, he has really stepped right up and uh, on his own accord. And uh, so being the second vice commander here, uh, he was uh, recently just just promoted to that position. Uh, that's all him. The assistant, right? <laughs> yeah, he's the assistant to the assistant. Yes, he's my secretary, just like I am Jeff's secretary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Funny story. I didn't even know that until recently. I don't want to bring this up. We got about three minutes left on our segment here, guys, and I appreciate you jumping on with us, Jeff. Uh, I I definitely appreciate you joining us. We're tape. By the way. Just for the record, we are taping this. We are going to run it tomorrow, which is our show. But, Jeff, real quickly, can you tell us 
how people can get involved with the AMBAT. What do they have to do? Not just Evansville, Indiana, but I appreciate that because that's our sponsor tonight, the Evansville, Indiana uh, Post 84. Uh, and Jeff, you're the commander there. Uh, tell us a little bit about, though, hey, maybe I'm out in – we have a lot of listeners all over the United States. We're a national show. Where can people find and how can they get involved with the AMBET? Absolutely. So like I said, please get on the website. And when you get on the website, they have locations for everywhere in every state that has a post. Here in Indiana, we're the southernmost, but there's still other posts within our district and uh, within Indiana that you can reach out to. And we're all across the United States. You join here. You're a member everywhere. So let's say you come to Indiana. I got some good friends that come down here and join and then go vacation in Florida, and they know the AMVETS posts that are down there, and they, they enjoy the people there just like they do here. That card will get you in anywhere in the United States. You're an AMVET everywhere. Rick, Rick, and we appreciate you. You're always a part of this show. Your family to our show, but you're also vice commander uh, there at Post 84 in Indiana. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, what can you tell us? We get about a minute left. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, I, I will just say I, I believe there is a misconception out there that you have to be a veteran to join AMVET, and that is totally, totally not the case. So please, if you have ever thought about joining an, an AMVET organization, and i tell you what, the one thing I miss about my military service is all the camaraderie. So if that is you, if, I, if I'm speaking to you, if you miss that camaraderie, it doesn't matter if you ju- if you served. If you're not a veteran, that is cool because it you do not have to be a veteran to be a member of your local AMVET. So please stop by your local AMVET and see what they can do for you. Well, I wanted to tell you well guys, said. I both well said. I both appreciate you guys very 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 much jumping on today on Veterans Day. We are. Recording this, just for the record, it will be uh, played tomorrow on Veterans Day. And uh, I live in Indianapolis. Veterans Day parade yesterday was pretty awesome. Um, I just want to tell you guys how much I appreciate you. I I met you, Jeff. We have met. I was in Evansville for some unfortunate circumstances for my mom's funeral. But Rick... I appreciate you and what you guys do on with the AMVETS. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Uh, we'll start with you, Jeff. Where can people – I always – this is always my thing. So where can people – Maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. Don't put your blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. 
<laughs> All right, and welcome back to the balance. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very good reason that we played that song. Uh, as a bumper coming back out of it, out of that. Thank you, Rick Riggin, uh, in the gang down there at Post 84 in Evansville, Indiana, of the AMBETS, uh, for taking the time to talk with us and honor the veterans. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, they're doing this today. I wish that I was down there, but they're doing a flag retiring uh, ceremony, which you know. If you have an American flag, you're supposed to, when you when it's time to discard it or whatever, there's a certain process that has to go through of, of officially retiring that flag. And so it's very, very, it's a it's an extremely emotional thing in the military to watch and, and, and be a part of. So that's just a, a great thing that they're doing down there uh, this weekend. But thank you guys for jumping on and helping us honor the veterans. If you're a veteran, you know we honor you and we appreciate all that you've done and. You know, uh, we appreciate, you know, whether or not you served in combat or not. Uh, We appreciate anywhere and anything that you've done. So, uh, you know, take some time today, uh, hug on a a veteran, and let them know how much you appreciate them. Now, going back to what I was just saying, there's a reason that I was like, I'm only human. Don't put the blame on me. (laughs) Oh, that, that puts us into our college football phase with Jim Harbaugh. Yes, Jim Harbaugh. Here's what here's what we know. Jim Harbaugh has been uh, uh, the Big Ten suspended Jim Harbaugh uh, for three games. Now I wish that we that Adam Jivenin could join us today. Uh, he he's got some uh, work to do at his house there. We were we're we're slated to have Tony Donahue, the Tony D podcast, uh, in the fan place to join us here. I, I'm not sure uh, we, we're, we're efforting, uh, as we say in the business, we're efforting to try to uh, to figure out uh, what, what's going on with him. But the Big Ten suspended uh, Jim Harbaugh for three games. Now, here's the thing about it: not enough, right? Yeah, I mean, because. Let's just say, which is it's not out of the realms of possibility here. Let's just say that uh, Michigan wins out and they get into the college football playoffs, which is a highly likely, probable likelihood. Jim Harbaugh could possibly uh, coach a, a championship game with Michigan. And I know it's it's like we want to not be that group of people that just uh, throws darts, but. It, it's it's the the facts are mounting up. I'll put it that way. The Big Ten suspended Jim Harbaugh uh, from coaching in his, in his final three regular season games, starting with Saturday's showdown against Penn State, and that and that came down on Friday yesterday. Um, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Patetti came, uh, came uh, 23 days after the NCAA first notified the conference and Michigan officials uh, that it had received credible information that the number three Wolverines had been involved in a sign-stealing scheme, uh, which uh, analysts Connor Stallions and, and others uh, uh, and other scouts of future opponents scouted future opponents off campus, which has been highly prohi- prohibited. Uh, by the NCAA, that's 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 their official statement there. And wonder how did they come about this particular war, uh, uh, ruling? And I won't uh, I won't read all of it to you, obviously. But in a 13-page letter sent to Michigan Athletics Director Warren Manuel on Friday, uh, the Big Ten Commissioner wrote that 
he believed that the Big Ten Michigan violated the sportsmanship policy uh, because university football staff member engaged in and organized extensive years long in person advanced scouting scheme uh, that is impermissible and prohibited by the Big Ten. The goal of the scheme was to gain an unfair advantage by stealing the signs of teams that the university football team was due to play later in the season. Uh, Petto went on to say, such misconduct is inherently compromises the integrity of the competition. Integrity of the competition. Now, I, I guess Jim Harbaugh and others. Let's 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 be real here. He's not he's not the only one who uh, engages in these activities. But I would say Jim Harbaugh, um, Bill Belichick, right up there. They don't know what integrity of the game means, which is it's kind of disappointing because he used to be a cult. He used to be a, a quarterback here in Indianapolis. Called him Captain Comeback. He's got a highly successful coaching record. So, yeah, I mean, he, he he's coached some winning teams, and let's let's not say that all the games that he's won has been because of sign stealing. Certainly, that's not the case. Uh, certainly, wasn't the case with IU. <laughs> but I digress. Um, but uh, the, the thing is, uh, it's now it's out there, and there's a lot of videotape. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things going on, and, and quite honestly, uh, the, the the clock is is ticking for Michigan. Michigan filed a lawsuit on Friday, uh, Friday night last night, with an unusual request for a temporary restraining order for more, for one, for one important and obvious reason: the school wants to, the suspension to be blocked in time for Saturday's game at Penn State. As of yet, that suspension is still in place. Um, so it's, it's, it's a high bar to get a court to stop a party from doing something that it plans to do. Uh, usually the action is taken in legal systems, sorts, sorts everything out later, whether or not the law provides a remedy for this or not. And we don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Michigan says, okay, you know, we, we stand by Jim Harbaugh, you know, here's a, here's a few thousand dollars in a fine and let's let's go about our day and i don't know if that'll work or not but you know that they're they're not taking this uh laying down well i was hoping that we'd have a uh, tony donahue of the tony d podcast and the fan place on with us i've uh, been trying to effort to see what happened with him uh, maybe he's sick uh not sure exactly um i know i, I my throat is killing me people <laughs> i'm in pain over here <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those guys when you get sick of it, like, oh, no, I'm, I, I, I'll survive, right? It's just a, it's just a little sore throat. But uh, let's get into uh, against the spread. Here's what I've got uh, on tap for you guys today. First of all, I want to say we are going to be talking. I mean, we are going to be rooting on the Tennessee Volunteers in this house. Uh, they play Missouri. <laughs> My boss at work is a Missouri grad, and so. Um, let's go Vols. I didn't. I don't know what the current spread is on that. I didn't. I, I didn't have them in my list. Um, but uh, let me let me see if old DraftKings has has got it up here for today. Um, see if I can find what the uh, the spread is. 
Well, I'll work on that, and I'll get it up on, on social media. But let's go ahead and get against the spread on the games that, that I have here. Make sure you're following us on social media, at T-Balance, or <laughs> Twitter, or the or X, or whatever we're calling it now, <laughs> at T-Balance. Alabama on the road against UK Wildcats. Not a Wildcat fan at all. Uh, but just not a lot of excitement here. The spread is 10 and a half. Uh, I mean, there's no reason that I can think of right now why you, you don't pick Alabama to cover the spread on this, uh, and, and so which means they've got to win by at least 11. Let's move on down to Georgia Tech's on the road to Clemson, the Clemson Tigers. I, I mean, this is a toughy game. This is a game to, that's that's tough to pick. Uh, neither teams are really that good, but if you go with the Clemson Tigers, they got to win by at least 15 points, and I think they can do that. On the other hand, if you decide to go with Georgia Tech, uh, they've got to either win, tie, or lose by no more than 14 points. I'm, I'm going with uh, Clemson on this against the spread. Let's move on down to Florida State. Uh, Florida State and, and Miami Hurricanes, uh, two uh, Florida rivalries. Miami's on the road. Nothing to get excited about uh, Miami at all. Uh, Fifteen and a half at home of Florida State can easily uh, can easily happen. So uh, you know, uh, Florida State they've got to win by sixteen. I think they win heavily, easily by that. Go ahead and move on over to the Utah Utes. What's a Ute? You know, every time I say Utah Utes, I'm going to say what's a Ute. And if you don't know what a Ute is, go watch My Cousin Vinny, and you'll learn what a Ute is. <laughs> uh, against number five, Washington Huskies. like the Huskies here. Uh, IU connection there, too, by the way. Uh, they're on the road. They're 9-0. and uh, There's no no reason here to think that the Huskies uh, can't win by at least 10, so go with the Huskies. We've got Ole Miss in Georgia today. Another big uh, SEC battle for Georgia. What a great game it was last week against Missouri. Uh, man, but yet Missouri at the very end, they threw it away. But uh, Ole Miss on the road, 11.5 is the spread. I'm, I'm going to lean into the Ole Miss on this one. And and so uh, Ole Miss uh, Rebels, they either got to win, tie, or lose by no more than 11 points. What NFL uh, quarterback do we know went to Ole Miss quickly, quickly? Oh, yeah, Eli Manning, little man. Little Manning went to uh, Ole Miss. His brother went to Tennessee. Um, another reason I like Tennessee, right? West Virginia's on the road to Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, yeah, this is not going to be a game. The, the Mountaineers are going to get clobbered, and the sooner that happens, they'll be able to get back on the bus and head back home. The spread's at uh, 12 and a half. They need to win by at least uh, – uh, uh, they need to win by at least 13 points. Sorry, they'll, they'll handle that easily at home. Um, the Texas Longhorns at TCU are – Texas Longhorns are on the road. TCU, um, you don't uh, – this one is kind of tricky, but I certainly think that uh, the Texas Longhorns will, will will be just fine, and they need to win by at least 11, which they'll easily do, I think. So go with the, with the, uh, the Texas Longhorns. And then we got Ohio State and Michigan State, Big Ten battle here, right? I mean, this could go either way. This could go either way. But Ohio State's at home, so – I'm going with I'm going with Ohio State. Uh, they got to win by at least 32 points. I kind of think they can do that relatively easy at home. So uh, we're going with Ohio State on the spread there. Um, 
And then tonight we've got the Duke Blue Devils and North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, you know, Duke is six and three, and North Carolina is seven and two. Duke is on the road. I, I, I like their. I think that that Duke can can definitely win against the spread here. I think uh, so. They've got to either win, tie, or lose by no more than ten by no more than ten points. We got S USC USC Trojans and the Oregon Ducks. USC Trojans are on the road. They're seven to three, and the Ducks are mighty mighty Ducks, right? No, that was hockey, right? Um, another movie reference, right? Look at me go, sixty percent. I would say, I would say there's a definitely a, a very good chance to cover the, the, the spread here on on that. The Oregon Ducks, they've got to win by at least 15 points at home, and I think that they can easily uh, do that. Uh, so we'll be right back, getting into our NASCAR talk, and me and my voice. Hopefully, my voice doesn't run into the wall as as we are we are struggling on a on a Veterans Day right here on the balance. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balanced Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's Fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, 
in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. To the balance on a Veterans Day, we honor all of the veterans. Thank you so much for serving. We want uh, special thanks to uh, Rick Reagan and Post 84 of the AMVETS down in Evansville, Indiana, uh, for calling in. And we were able to catch up with them yesterday and, and, and tape a segment to talk with the, uh, us about Veterans Day and what it means uh, to, to honor the veterans and, and talk about their uh, flag retiring ceremony uh, today. So thank you for that. Uh, and uh, you had me and my, my voice. My voice from hell today, um, dealing with the, the stuff in my throat, uh, breaking down college football. But joining us now uh, is Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of uh, SpeedwayDigest.com, helping us break down a recap of the 2023 season in NASCAR. How are you, sir? No, well, how about yourself? Man, I've had better days. I've been battling this. It's starting, it's starting to come to a climax, if you will. <laughs> my, my voice is about gone. I'm sitting here, coffee in one hand, chlorosepic in the other. I think we'll, we'll think we'll think we'll make it. That's for sure. Well, wow, what an exciting end to the race last week. Ryan Blaney brings home the championship. Talk with us a little bit about that uh, storyline in itself, and then we'll get into some of the recap of 2023, sir. Yeah, you know, Bensky won, won three races coming up throughout the season to bring home the championship, but Bensky as a whole really hasn't been there all year long. We really haven't talked about them very much. You know, Ryan was able to get himself into the playoffs, won at Talladega, and he needed a win at uh, at Martinsville the week prior to Phoenix in order to get himself in, and he did. And, you know... Uh, you know that that second place, third place finish. You know, as they, as they were all battling out there behind Ross Chastain for yeah uh, the for the race win and for the championship was being decided behind Ryan. I uh, mean, behind Ross Chastain. Um, you know, it, it, you know, even Brian Blaney kind of admitted in in his post race and post. Uh, championship uh, celebration press conferences that Penske really hasn't been there all year like they wanted them to be. He kind of notated the fact that Brad Keselowski and RFK Racing, which has seen a resurgence this year with Chris Buescher going to victory lane three times himself also, and uh, Brad Keselowski in that number six car also doing very well, performing throughout the season and being more consistent than they had in the past, was something that uh, they had to look at it from their side and say, well, we've got to get better. If they're getting better, then, you know, we should be there right along with them. And, you know, that, that, that's something that they said that they sat down over the past previous several weeks and 
decided that, you know, these are the changes that they were going to do and these were the decisions they were going to make in order to be there when they did get to Phoenix uh, and be able to contend for a championship. So, you know, I, it looks like whatever they did, you know, from from the team side, from the changes side, that this worked for them. I mean, they they were kind of out of it, you know, going all the way up into the homestead. They were very far down on, on, on the points. They they had to come into Martinsville the weekend after that, still way out of this thing on points. Uh, you know, it really was coming down to kind of things like Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin, who had had trouble at, at Homestead. But, you know, then uh, somehow Ryan Blaney was able to go out there and capture that capture that win and kind of catapulted him to that uh, Cup Series championship for himself this year. Cole Custer gets a magnificent uh, win in the Xfinity Series. It was good to see the double zero get that race. Talk with us a little bit about uh, his team and, and what got them to the championship. <laughs> me. Really, in, in the Xfinity Series all year long, it had kind of been uh, John Hunter Nemechek who had been dominating throughout the entire year with uh, a half dozen half dozen wins throughout the season, and he kind of we kind of all felt like the fact that he was going to be the most dominant. Uh, he, if he could get to Phoenix, if he if he was in that championship four, that uh, he would be the one that seemingly was already kind of preordained in a lot of ways to, to win that championship in the Xfinity Series. But um, it, it, it eventually came down to Cole Custer, and Custer has been short a couple of different times before he went to the full, went to a full time season in the Cup uh, car for Stuart Haas Racing, and when they uh, pulled him out of that car and sent him back down to Xfinity and replaced him with Ryan Priest, uh, you know he he has seemed to have uh, got got much better since the last time that he was in the Xfinity season series. Sorry season series same thing <laughs> <laughs> um but in his previous attempts and, and and coming up short twice in this thing um you know he's finally able to okay he was finally able to capitalize on this and uh win championship out there so for him Stuart Haas racing does your team and I mean it, it sounds like I mean he's he's doing well and it, it seems like it's a perfect space for him uh for his driving abilities and um, maybe one day he'll make it back up the cup, but you know I think right now he seems to be like right there, right, right where the sweet spot is, and it, and what he can do, and of course you know uh, just being able to to win that finally after all those different attempts and being so close, um, you know going back to 2018 I think is the first time that that he had uh, kind of come up showing on that thing and. You know, it just, you know, it's kind of rattled him. And he said that, you know, he thought back on that a lot of times on how close he had been, at least in those couple of attempts. And finally just being able to get it and just being done with it. And Alex Fennings is champion. Well, you know, it's really good to, to see Cole Custer. I like him. and He did a great job. Let's talk about the, the truck race. Uh, ben Rhodes uh, wins the title. Uh, that's his second uh, that he won. Uh, he won back in 2021 and, of course, 2023. Uh, does Ben Rhodes see a, a, a future to the next level here in the next uh, few years or next year? Uh, I, I I think I think you'll see Ben Rose still returning back to the truck truck series, but you know really, 
I mean, a lot of this comes down to the fact that Ben Rhodes only won this thing because you had two championship contenders that just couldn't get off of one another, and then they decided that they were just going to wreck one another intentionally out of this thing, leaving it up to him and leaving it up to Grant Ampinger. I mean, at one point, Ben Rhodes, or throughout the first majority of the first stage and even the second stage, in a lot of respects, Ben Rhodes was way out of this thing, running outside of the top ten, even as far down as 14, 15th place. Um you know, there were some bright spots where he was able to get into the top ten and, you know, uh, you know, be up there, but he was still never close enough. It really did. The dynamic of that race really didn't start to didn't start to change until Corey Heim and um, Carson Hosefar. The two of those just decided that they were just going to wreck them. If, if the other one couldn't win the championship, then they, neither one of them were going to win the championship out of this, and uh, that that opened up the spot there between Grant and Fenger and uh um uh Ben Rhodes to go out there and kind of fight this thing out and um at one point I thought that it may have been Grant Amfinger that was going to be the one coming out and prevailing on this because he had even through the early runnings he seemed to be the one uh outside of those um the two horn uh between Heim and uh Hotspar that you know seemed to have the better speed out of uh out of um you know the the two remaining but you know, uh, he came up short on that thing, too, and, uh, it, you know, I think it would have been a storybook ending for GMS Racing had they had been able to capitalize and been able to win the championship before they closed their doors. But um, regardless of that, uh, you know, he still, Grant Anfinger still came back with a respectable finish out of this, and uh, Ben Rhodes taking home his second championship uh, in, in just the last three years. So, um <laughs> I mean, I, I think everybody remember what happened last time. He got pretty liquored up and had some fun in the press conference. And this time, he uh, he no difference in in the press conference. With uh, it, it didn't seem like he was as liquored up. Somebody must have uh, kind of <laughs> gave him, uh, uh, you know, controlled him a little bit in that manner. But uh, he still had some fun with his <laughs> post race and post championship uh, press conference. Yeah, I do remember that. That was comical, that's for sure, to say the least. You know, you mentioned Corey Heim. Uh, he, uh, he's been penalized now, and that's came down over the last couple of days. Uh, he's been uh, – Heim has, was docked 25 driver points and fined $12,500. Uh, I don't know how they come up with the actual $500 part of it uh, for violating the member uh, conduct rule. Um, and after reviewing uh, – uh, radio transmissions and so forth. Uh, you know, it, it was it was deemed that uh, Corey Heim did indeed uh, create a, uh, uh, a a wreck, if you will, in in the uh, with. Uh, sorry, I can't remember who he wrecked, but yes, he he did. Uh, do that. Thoughts on yeah. So thoughts on on uh, Corey Heim and, and the decision by NASCAR for that. <clears throat> Well, look, I think there's been a precedence this season, and, you know, we've uh, seen some precedence with, um, uh, you know, what what they did with uh, Chase Elliott and setting him to the side and suspending him for one race with uh, the issues with Denny Hamlin. And, you know, I think they're just kind of continuing along with that in a lot of respects that throughout the, the series, all three series, and kind of being uh, on par with what others are are, are happening in. Look, I know Corey Heim afterwards, he, he kind of stated that the fact that he just got loose and he went up there and and, and got loose, got in the host bar, and they both ended up wrecking. And, 
Well, that was that was any for any further from the truth than it could possibly be because I mean going back and looking at the replays, it was an obvious the shift in that truck, you know, uh, a violent or you know a violent shift in the truck, you know that that was not done through a cut tire or something like that. This was this was purely you know him going up there and wrecking Carson Hosevar and and putting the two of them really out of the race and. Um, you know, here you have a, two championship contenders. You know, Carson Hosevar has has been. I, I know he's had his troubles this year too, and I know that he's been in some places that he probably shouldn't have been. But you know, again, you know, here you are in the championship race, and Corey Heim, uh, you know, has worked himself up through through the year and uh, put himself in position so that he could have been in, in that championship race. And I mean, you know, he was one of the he was the strongest truck. I think he was the song, strongest truck out there out of the four. With Carson Hosefar pretty closely second, they were almost evenly matched in a lot of a lot of ways. And had they have just stayed off of one another, it probably would have come down to a one-two finish between the two of them as they fought it out all the way to the end. But you know, again, that 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 was Corey's decision. That was Carson's decision for for the two of them to to continue to tangle like they did, and eventually put the two of them out of the race uh, and out of the championship this year. But you know, uh, NASCAR is just kind of doing what they've done in the past, doing you know, staying on par with other penalties. Uh, you know that, that that they have levied against people, and you know we 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 saw that with uh, you know Bubba Wallace and uh, and uh, Kyle Larson. We saw that with uh, you know like I said Elliot and Hamlin. Um, you know, and those are two very recent examples of the fact that NASCAR has gone back and looked at the data and li- listened to r- transmissions on the radios and things like that, and determined the fact that it was an intentional wreck and 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 in this case. While he didn't get, while Corey Heim isn't being suspended, I mean, he, and really points and, you know, dollar amounts at this point, these really don't seem to matter much anyways. So, you know, but still, you know, they, they are looking at the incidences and they are, you know, going out there and they are um, telling people that, you know, the, you know, these kinds of intentional wrecks like that, and especially, you know, two championship drivers like that, I mean, they, they should have had no business in, in all honesty going out there and doing what they did and this, you know, turn turn this, you know, into a you know, an absolute, you know, crap show by the end of the race, twenty five plus laps out there and over time and I think a lot of people were frustrated with it. NASCAR was frustrated with it, drivers were frustrated with it, teams were frustrated with it, fans were frustrated with it, and it should have just never come down to a championship race ending up between all of those sequences and all those problems that and, and you know, granted it it's too it was to Ben Rhodes uh advantage because like I said, he was one of the he wasn't necessarily the fast trucker, the best truck out there in the field, but somehow through all of this, he was able to prevail, and while it, it was to his benefit, I think a lot of people looked at this race and said, this is how a championship should be uh, determined. We're talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. Uh, let's move into what, what we we're seeing happening here in the offseason. Jeb Burton uh, will remain in the number 27 Chevrolet, but with a new team in 2020, uh, with a new team. Uh, uh, what what do we know about that? I don't know a lot about that. I'm just curious. So Jeb Burton. You know uh, so this is a uh, Jordan Anderson. This, what? Uh, so uh, so this is Jordan Anderson racing that that has fielded a car for him 
uh, the, this was kind of the first season that they had been paired together, and they're going to return back next year with Parker Retzloff. Uh, the two of them are just going to pair back together. And, uh, you know, there, there's been uh, some rebuilding of that team uh, in a lot of ways. And since Jordan Anderson stepped out of the, out of a car and out of a truck, um, he, he's been able to focus on the ownership side of this and making the, that team better. And I think we see that kind of week in and out. And, and Jeb Burton has been there very, very close a couple of different times to, to taking the win. Parker Retzloff uh, has been uh, getting better week in and week out. And we're starting to see them be more um, you know, closer to the front of the field and being able to be in some of those positions week in and week out. So I think it will be a continued building of it. Uh, next year, and you know, we'll just see those two between Parker and uh, Reb Burton. I'll go back out there and uh, start uh, maybe even inching up closer to lose some top fives and maybe a potential win. So, uh, Brendan Poole, the number 20, uh, number 44 Alpha Prime Racing Chevrolet, uh, announced, excuse me, that um, announced on November 9th that the Hall of Fame driver will uh, will run a full-time season in the number 44 uh, in the uh, 2024 Xfinity uh, series, uh, series. What are your thoughts on that, Brendan Poole? <clears throat> you know, ever, ever since the, the solar deal kind of fell through it over at Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, Poole, Brennan has, has kind of floated around here and there trying to get himself back into the series. And, and he kind of disappeared for a while there, you know, while some of some of that stuff was being litigated and really was through no fault of his own, uh, you know, that those things were out there. And, you know, he, he didn't really control some of those things. It, it just happened to be that the, the D.C. Solar name was on his car for a long time out there. But, you know, he, he's kind of floated around. He's taken he's taken um, he's taken dry uh, um, seats that, you know, nobody else seems to want, but just wants to be out there and wants to be driving and. Yeah, this year he ran a little bit for uh, JD Motorsports, and you know they they kind of you know as we know they're kind of an underfunded team, and you know they're not always able to go out there and uh, you know be there at the end for races and things like that. But um, you know moving over to Alpha Prime Racing, this is something that um, you know maybe give him a better um, leg up, maybe moving a little bit. And, you know, back into a better car, and it seems to be that that is his path. That he's uh, starting to work himself back up into these full-time rides, and maybe a little bit better ride each and every year until he's finally into a ride that's competitive. Let's talk about Eric Armalolo Ola. I've never been able to say that name. Uh, the number ten Stewart House Racing. He says he's ready for the next adventure. Uh, he announced on October 28th, and we did talk about this on the show before that he's he's not going to return to Stewart House Racing for the 2023 season. Um, 2023 marked his sixth season as a driver in the number ten. Uh, uh, machine uh with uh, two of his three career cup wins uh came with the organization what's what's next what do we know about eric Amarola? well you know between Amarola, uh, this, this was a one-year deal in which uh you know both stuart haas uh, stuart haas racing and the sponsor smithfield kind of wanted him back for one more year because they knew at the end of the contract that Smithfield was going to be leaving the sport anyway. So, you know, they wanted to just pair together and just have Eric on there since Eric had been there, been there since the beginning with Smithfield on that car and not only through there, but through other teams that he had been affiliated with over the years. And uh, I think they said that it ended up being something like total Eric had been a representative of Smithfield for something like 
like 11 or 12 years or something like that total throughout his entire career. So, you know, they wanted, they, they wanted Smithfield and him to kind of pair up for their final season. And, you know, while he's not returning back to uh, full-time, he's not going to return to the 10, he's not going to re- return full-time. Um, you know, it kind of, he kind of made it seem like, you know, there are some potentials out there that he may show up from time to time, whether it be an Xfinity series car or something like that. Uh, he, he won an Xfinity series car, um, years ago at Daytona and, you know, maybe it's something like that that he shows back up for and who who knows, but that seems to be right now at least his um, path forward or his uh, next steps in life is to kind of slow down a little bit and not be on the road for for 38, 39 weeks out of the year, and then, you know, maybe show up from time to time uh, and pick up an Xfinity Series ride or something like that, maybe a Truck Series ride or whatever it is, you know, that is available at the time. You know, we, we saw the, the, the drama unfold in 2023, the unfortunate drama, if you will, with Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson was on the edge of, you know, really greatness in this sport. And then an unfortunate situation happened with, again, how social media can just ruin a, a person's career. Um, you know, I don't. do we know what's happening with Noah Gregson? Do we have any updates with Noah Gregson? Um I mean, certainly he he uh, was suspended for indefinitely and for liking an insensitive social media post. Uh, I, my 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 thing is, you know, we gave Kyle Larson a pass, and and, and he's obviously came back to do great things. And I, my my thought pattern is is when this happened, Noah Gregson. Not that it makes it any worse, Ryder. Right, Noah Gregson was not a a NASCAR driver, for so for for him to be punished for something that he wasn't even doing, he he wasn't even really a NASCAR driver when he did this. Um, it seems a little excessive that he gets suspended indefinitely. It looks to me like they could follow the same path they followed with Kyle Larson and have success with that. What do we know about that? <clears throat> well, I think a lot of people are, have are tying maybe. You know, now that Eric Almirola is out of that number 10 car, that there might be some possibilities for him to return next year and that. And while nothing is official and while nothing is really moved forward in that respect, I think a lot of people, they they still have yet to announce a driver for that number 10. So I think, you know, they there may be some potential there. And, you know, there may be some potentials and some Xfinity or something like that, depending on, um, you know, how everything kind of shakes out. <clears throat> Excuse me. How some things shake out there. So there, there may be you know, some opening rides for for, for Noah. It, it's just about you know what who's willing to take the shot on him. I know with uh, Rick Hendrick, you know he took that shot on Kyle Larson after the, all that happened. He went through all the sensitivity training. He did all the things that NASCAR had asked to get reinstated into that. And then, you know, I think uh, Noah is kind of in that same boat where he's uh, he's worked through a lot of that stuff with NASCAR and, you know, has the potential to come back. It's just about right now who's going to take that chance on him. But, you know, I think a, a lot of people are just betting on the fact that it may be the number 10 car that he ends up in. But, again, that 10 car has no sponsorship going into 2024. So, and now that uh, now that Smithfield has gone off of that car, they, they, there's no sponsorship. So I think there, if there is any potential or a path forward for Noah to get in that 10 car and return back, uh, it would have to be that they pull in sponsorship 
uh, or get a sponsor that's willing to also take a chance on him at the same time. So, you know, it, it's not about just only having the open seat. It's it's about who they can get in that seat that 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 sponsors are willing to take a take a shot on. And and right now, without any branding on that car, without any sponsorship on that car, outside of a couple of uh, other small sponsors. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure whether Noah would be able to go in that car because of funding wise and where Rick Kendrick is a whole lot different in a lot of aspects where he has so many different businesses that he can pull from. And, you know, he, he seems that he sees that it's not only taking a, 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 a shot on, on Carl Larson and putting him back in the car. He even puts his name on the car week in and week out to 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 show that he is behind Carl Larson. And, you know, while Stuart Haas Racing doesn't have that kind of capital to be able to do that, um, it's it's going to just come down to the fact of if, if Noah Gregson is going to be the one that's going to be in that car, who is going to be out there as far as the sponsor-wise going to be willing to take that shot on him at the same time too. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, not the heart for beat a dead horse. A lot of people, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Kyle Larson. I love his story. But a lot of people, or a lot of uh, you, might, a lot of people might think that Kyle Larson, uh, what he did was far worse than what Noah did. Because Kyle actually on the national air when he was doing the racing anyway, heard by millions of people, actually used the word, <clears throat> and and uh, and, and Noah he hit a like on a tw- Twitter when he wasn't even a a NASCAR driver. So I, I hope he comes back. I like him. I, I'm a big fan of him, and I, and I hope that he, that he could come back and and, and continue his, his success on, on in in being a uh, a NASCAR uh, driver. Uh, real quickly, uh, if you don't know who Jesse Love is as, as a fan, you certainly certainly soon will, as uh, this uh, Arkham Menard series uh, phenomenon will make a leap to the Xfinity series of 2024 for Richard Childers Racing. And the number two, uh, talk with us about Jesse Love real quickly before we have to wrap it up. Put a bowl on it, sir. Yeah, this is a good the opportunity for him. He he's pretty much dominated the West, the West Series uh, in the uh, Arca Series throughout the year. He he's uh, had a lot of backing um, from from various different um, suitors in the sponsorship space, but. None of that really matters because, uh, you know, now that he's over Richard Childress Racing, they have Wheeling that's on that car. And, you know, that you know, I I kind of always, you know, sit on the fence about whether you want just because you, you, you're you dominating in one that you skip over something else before you make your debut. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm just not sure. I mean, you know, these are two totally different types of cars, and I think that, you know, while, uh, you know, he's done good in the, the uh, ARCA series, that maybe there should have been some transitional phases uh, with him in the uh, truck series before he got into an Xfinity series car. But nonetheless, Richard Jones Racing has uh, has uh, bet themselves on him, and Whelan is going to be back on that car for, with Jesse Love in his full-time campaign in 2024. So he is replacing the the departing Sheldon Creed, which you know we all found out at at, at Martinsville that um, he you know it would be um, Sheldon Creed the you know leaving Richard Turns' Racing Gordon over to um, Joe Gibbs Racing thanks to Austin Hill live on air telling everybody where he was going. So 
Um, you know, I, I strange another strange set of events there where, you know, you had two teammates teammates and team beating out on one another, you know, on the racetrack and then angry at one another after the race and neither one of them making it into the championship. But nonetheless, you know, throughout throughout all of that, you know, somebody somebody's loss is somebody's gain and in this case it's Jesse Love who's gonna get the tap for that number two car next year in uh the Xfinity series. We've been talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest and our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, we we come to an end of another season. You've been on the show for a good number of years, and uh, we've become really good friends, and I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I know your work will continue on through the off-season, but I hope you have a great off-season. And the clock is now ticking for Daytona 500 coming up in February. What are your plans for the off-season, sir? To do nothing whatsoever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, Great. Great to hear. And, and, and to watch the Florida State Seminoles finally go back to a national championship after 20 years. <laughs> well, they they've got they've got a a somewhat of an easy game on the resume today. So, uh we we'll, we we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh maybe maybe even maybe even your commanders will do something. <laughs> yeah, <I don't>. Maybe. <laughs> maybe they'll get a new stadium. <laughs> Guys, coming up next, Dick oh, Crosby, wow. writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. He uh, he was just at uh, the uh, uh, I still don't call him the Washington Redskins. He was just at the Nationals. He goes, you would think with all the money in this city, they could get him a new stadium. <laughs> I'm talking about DC. Anyway, <laughs> all right, buddy, we we appreciate you. I'm sure we'll stay in touch, and you have yourself a great day, sir. All right, thanks a lot. Talk talk soon. Yes, absolutely. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest and our official NASCAR contributor, been a, a part of this show for a long time. Is uh, So we'll have him back come February. I hope he enjoys his off-season doing absolutely, uh, absolutely nothing, And to, to quote him. Uh, it is Veterans Day, and we are honoring our veterans. Please take some time today um, to honor your veterans. If they're in your family or if you know them or just post something on social media, uh, just let them know that you appreciate them and what they've what they've done uh, to uh, the in the contribution that they've made. My name is Tom Mark with El Presidente right around the corner. Our last segment of the show. My voice has made it. Hallelujah. Um, few more shots of chloroseptic, and then we'll be good to go. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, SI.com joins us, and we're going to be breaking down uh, the NFL Week 10 right here on the Balance Radio Network.
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. It's the veterans, not the reporters who give us freedom of the press. It's the veterans, not the poets, who give us freedom of speech. It's veterans, not political organizers, who give us the freedom to assemble. It's veterans, not lawyers, who give us the freedom to a fair trial. It's veterans, not politicians, who give us the freedom to vote. And it is veterans, not preachers, who give us the freedom to worship publicly. So on behalf of a grateful nation, thank you. Uh, 
All right, and welcome back to The Balance. It is Veterans Day. We are honoring those that have, have served. Uh, thank you, Rick Riggin, uh, obviously a longtime friend of the show, Air Force veteran himself, uh, joined us. Uh, we called up with him yesterday and, and was able to tape a segment with the guys from AMVETS Post 84 down in Evansville. They're doing a flag retiring uh, retirement ceremony this afternoon. Uh, so uh, glad that they got to come on and talk with us about Veterans Day and about uh, their flag retiring ceremony. And you dealt with me and my sore throat all freaking day, day long and uh, college football. Uh, I had to handle that myself. And then Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. We wrapped up the 2023 season. Congratulations to Ryan Blaney on his uh, championship. And he rides off into the offseason and not to be seen again until February in the Daytona 500. But joining us now, whose offseason is not going on, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. How you doing, sir? Good morning, Tom. Doing, doing well. Bye weekend. Uh, you know, it's nice to have the weekend kind of off. So, Doing anything exciting for your bye weekend? Uh, I'm probably going to rake leaves for some of it um so it's uh, like a forest out there but uh no not really that is you one kind of lay low that is one chore i absolutely hate that's probably yeah. why i pay somebody to come and do it <laughs> wait till it gets so very worse <laughs> i have somebody come out and take care of it but uh yeah we've got one really good sized tree in our front yard it's beautiful to look at in the fall but man it's a ton of leaves. <laughs> Getting our leaves yeah, inside one. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's a chore. Oh, I appreciate you joining us today on Veterans Day and on, on your bye weekend. Certainly, on one of the the big ga- games to talk about, if you will. I, we usually start with the Eagles. We'll start with my Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they are in West Germany to play the New England Patriots. Uh, it's going to be an early game to to get up and watch. But we're, we were we were going to go downtown. Uh, they've got a watch party going downtown, but I'm just like, man, time we get up and get down there. And I mean, who wants to start drinking at 9:30 in the morning? <laughs> but uh, if I was down there tailgating, no, it, it wouldn't even be a matter. So we just decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna stay in too. Besides that, I'm battling this this sore throat. I mean, it's it's really get, becoming. I've got my black rifle coffee in one hand and my chlorosephic in the other <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm i'm mucking my i'm mucking my way through but let's talk about the indianapolis colts obviously uh had a great win against the panthers and their former former coach uh you know who uh i mean really it was the 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 colts defense uh that that, that carried us uh through but uh uh and now i got a brain fart too much chlorosephic but um <sighs> Kenny Moore, so sorry, Kenny Moore the second uh, with two pick sixes. Uh, he, he almost single-handedly beat the Panthers himself. Uh, but what do you thought, the Colts and the Patriots? I think and I feel like, and, and I, I'm really not just saying this because I'm a diehard Colts fan, but uh, it, it's also a bittersweet. I hate the Patriots. Uh, so anytime we can get a win against the Patriots, I'm all for it. And I, I kind of think this could happen in, in Germany. What are your thoughts on the Colts and the Patriots? Yeah, um, you know, there's been talk this week that if Bill Belichick doesn't win this game, that maybe he gets replaced. Uh, so you would have a thing. chance to, you'd have a chance to end the career of your hated rival, the New England Patriots uh, coach. So I don't know if that's true, if that will happen. Um, but boy, that would 
sure make life real interesting next week if the Colts win this game, and we'll see what Robert Kraft does with Bill Belichick and where they decide to go. I mean, I know they like that guy, Jared Mayo, a former linebacker who's on Belichick's staff. He had an interview with the Eagles when they before they hired Nick Sirianni, so he's kind of a up-and-coming coach, and I guess he would get promoted uh, as an interim guy and then maybe land a full-time gig in the offseason. But, uh, yeah, I think for the Colts, obviously, you had the big win last week against a very bad Carolina Panthers team, but you took care of business, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter who you play or how you win. It's just win the game, and you get the four wins, and, you know, I think there's a chance that you could beat the, the – uh, the Patriots, I know that, you know, Mac Jones hasn't had the season that a lot of people thought he would, but they seem to be getting Ramondre Stevenson a little bit more involved, the running back in both the run game and the pass game. So you're going to have to keep an eye out for him. And then, you know, Jonathan Taylor has been a really big part of the Colts offense the last several weeks. I think he's played, you know, like three quarters of the snaps ahead of Zach Moss. And, you know, he's kind of getting untracked. And I think he's really – helping Gardner Minshew kind of stay within himself a little bit more maybe. Um, but, yeah, I think the Colts can go to Germany and win this game. It's a long way to go to play a football game, and, you know, we'll see who the better team is at adjusting to all the challenges of doing that. Yeah, you know, another topic for another show. But, man, I, I, I kind of just feel like I they've overplayed the the European games. And, and now, you know, they're talking about maybe giving them a Super Bowl. They're talking about giving them a team. And, and honestly, in five years, I would not be surprised if the Jacksonville Jaguars were the London Jaguars. That's just that's just a thought. You know, uh, Shaquille Leonard, and uh, I, I still say everything went downhill from with him when he changed his name back to Shaquille. But nonetheless. Uh, he's just been frustrated with his role. And well, I was hearing him talk on local radio that Shaquille Leonard may not be a Colt next year. Uh, he's he's really just kind of had it. And, you know, I don't know that they can afford him. Uh, you know, they've just going to have to figure out some. They, they could probably keep him if he, if he takes a pay cut. But what player is going to say, yeah, I'll sign me up for that pay cut? It wouldn't be anything little. It would be a pretty good sizable stuff. So I, I kind of look for uh, Shaquille Leonard to uh, – move on to a different team next year. Of course, a lot of that's just rumors right now, but I just feel like he's just not been uh, a happy Colt here recently. Any thoughts on the possibility that uh, uh, with his role being diminished, but a lot of this is, you know, next man up, he's, he's been hurt and the next man up, you know, and so, you know, and then Kenny Moore getting all the, uh, you know, Kenny Moore a few years ago was God awful. You know, so and he's really improved a lot. And the, the Colts have said they've seen he got he would have gotten released by a lot of teams a lot sooner. Uh, so I think maybe he's, he he uh, Shaquille's just saying, you, you know, I'm I don't know that I'm going to be a Colt. Any any thoughts on that, or am I just reading too much into it? Yeah, uh, you know, as far as Kenny Moore goes, I know there was talk that the Eagles were interested in trying to trade for him at the trade deadline, and the, <clears throat> the Colts hung on to him. Um, and, you know, good thing they did because maybe they don't win that game last week. I mean, it's hard enough to get one pick <laughs> six in a whole season, and then you get two in one game. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as the linebackers, I mean, I listen, the Eagles could use a linebacker, and if Shaquille Leonard walks and I'm Howie Roseman, I'm going to start talking to that agent pronto and seeing if he could have any interest in coming to Philly, maybe on a one-year deal. That's kind of how they operate the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for an older type player, I think Shaquille is like 28 years old, maybe somewhere around that. He's been in the league for several years. So I would be on the phone 
faster than anything if he was available. And, and I love Zaire Franklin for sure. I mean, he, you know, he, he's, he showed some feistiness when the Colts came to Philadelphia for the uh, joint practice and him and Jason Kelsey got into it because Franklin was yapping the whole time. And I love that. You know, I love a, like a Brandon Graham type player who, you know, likes to talk trash and can back it up. And Zaire Franklin can do that. And, you know, he's the linebacker. If they want to get rid of him, I, I'm pretty sure the Eagles would bite on that. But I, I think the Colts would be foolish to give uh, to give him up, of course, a little bit younger, too, than Shaquille Leonard. But, yeah, you, you could you could be on to something. They could be looking to move on from Leonard. He doesn't seem happy, and, and his, result, his role has been reduced. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but I, I think you're going to need him to get, hopefully, you know, into the playoffs. I mean, that, that dream is still alive. Uh, you know, so I think you're going to need them at some point over these final eight or nine games. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned the Eagles. That's exactly who they were talking about here on local radio, where there would be a possible uh, interest in him uh, there in the Raiders both. So um, interesting. Uh, I, I kind of, I like him. I, I, I'm kind of like a love hate relationship with him. I mean, I like him. I, he's contributed a lot to the Colts, uh, but my fun joke is that that was back when he was Darius Leonard. And when he became Shaquille Leonard, he's not been the same player. And I realized the two aren't linked, but that's when his injury started. That's when things started going downhill is when he changed his name. So I'm just saying he should have never went to Darius Leonard. I mean, Shaquille Leonard, just, we already got one Shaquille. We don't need more. We don't need uh, more than, more than one uh, Shaquille. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's go through some, let's go through some of these games. Uh, uh, if I can, if I can make it through with my voice, let's talk about the Browns and the Ravens. This is an interesting matchup, if you will. Both, yeah. uh, both really trying to to grab a hold of the AFC North. The Browns have a tough defense. The spread is six and a half uh, against the the, the, the Ravens. Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Uh, I believe the, the Browns are on the road with the Ravens. Uh, Ravens, I believe. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, big uh, AFC North game, right? I mean, the Ravens are. You know, all of a sudden, the trendy pick to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC, and you know they're seven and two, they're right there, same record as the Chiefs. And the Browns have been, you know, the Browns have been pretty good all year long. I mean, they, you know, they've had some games where they've given up a lot of points, like the Colts, and you know, the, the officiating kind of helped the Browns get that win, I think. But they have uh, uh, the Browns have three losses, the Ravens have two. So if the Browns find a way to win this game suddenly both teams are sitting there with three losses and the Steelers also with three losses and the Ravens haven't had their bye week yet. Maybe that's next week. I'm not sure. So, you know, if they lose this game, Baltimore, then, you know, suddenly that whole AFC North is in in disarray and that probably is the best division in football right now. So uh, that's not going to be an easy one to win. So obviously a huge game. And if you're the Ravens, you're at home, you have to take care of business at home. Um, I'm not sure they've been to Cleveland yet this year. Maybe they have, I don't remember. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big game for both these teams, and it's going to be uh, very important for the Ravens to hold serve at home, and they've been playing fantastic. So uh, I think the Browns have the kind of defense that can do it. I know they had to hiccup against the Colts, uh, but I like the way Jim Schwartz is coordinating that defense. Miles Garrett, to me, is probably the favorite to win the Defensive Player of the Year award. So, uh, you know, I just think that, this is going to be a really good game, and but the Ravens have to find a way to win at home. And gosh, I think they will, but you know, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a fun game. I hope it's televised well, in you, my market. 
I always, I always, uh, you know, like to put a little bit on the games on, on Sunday. The spread is six and a half. Uh, uh, who would you pick against the spread in this? Browns? It's that high. The Ravens? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a big number. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> my track record. Well, that's not the yeah, best time I as you know. yesterday, but yeah. Was that? Yeah, I I would probably take I would probably take the Browns with the points in that in that scenario. I think. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be played within six and a half, whatever, you know, whatever that line is. If it comes down a little, then maybe lean toward the Ravens. But, I, you know, I think this could be a field goal type game. Um, so I would probably take the Browns getting that six and a half. Well, the, the spread with the Colts are only one and a half. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a pick em. That's a tough one. I'm not, you know, that game is fa- – that's another good matchup. I think I will probably get up and watch that game. I want to – I want to see. Uh, I like watching it. Gardner. Yeah, and I like Gardner Minshew. I, you know, I got to know him a little bit here in Philly, and you know, he's an interesting guy. And you know, he, I, I like watching him, or like at least I root for him. Uh, you know, I don't know if I like yeah. watching him play because he can be frustrating, <laughs> but you know, I, I like to root for him. So uh, the the Texans are on the road against the Bengals. Joe Burrow's back, and obviously the Texans being in AFC C South, I I need them to lose and I need us to win uh, to to keep kind of moving that clock to to come and get the number one position over uh, Tennessee and over Jacksonville. But the Texans are at the Bengals. They got Joe Burrow back. They're five and three. They're at home. The spread seven. Uh, the spread is seven points. Uh, what are your thoughts between the Houston uh, Texans and the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, Texans are doing pretty well. I mean, C.J. Stroud, look, I think he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, there's some good offensive players that came into the league this year, but to me, Stroud is having just an incredible season. Um, You know, and then you compare it to the Panthers, who took Bryce Young. You know, whenever quarterbacks go 1-2 in the draft, there always seems to be one of the two that just doesn't pan out. You know, obviously Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. Uh, Carson Wentz and, and Jared Goff. Goff is still in the league. Wentz just recently re- uh, signed with the Rams. So, uh, you know, maybe Bryce Young is not going to be the guy. I mean, it's hard to tell because that roster is just not where it needs to be. Um, but but C.J. Stroud has come in, and you could say the same about the Houston Texans is they didn't have a real strong roster either, and yet he's doing some great things. But, you know, the Bengals have kind of been resurrected. Remember early in the year, just like last year, you know, they get off of the slow start. You're wondering, is Barrow healthy? You know, he doesn't seem to be driving the ball because of that calf injury or whatever it was he had in the summer. Um, but now he seems, you know, back. Uh, I don't think T. Higgins is going to play, so one of his weapons isn't there. But they should still at home have enough to beat the Texans. Uh, but D'Amico Ryan's is doing a really nice job with that team. Um, of course, it didn't help that they're the only team that lost to the Carolina Panthers, but uh, I, I like what he's doing with that team, and they're, they're going to be a, you know, a team to look out for in your division uh, for the next couple of years, I think. But I, I think the Bengals win this game. Another game in my division that I'm absolutely watching, and that's the 49ers in Jacksonville. Of course, I'm taking the 49ers. <laughs> but the Jacksonville the Jaguars have not lost uh, since September by the 49ers. Last win was October 8th. And it's time for a course correction for the 49ers. Why not do it against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars? And, you know, the bye week came at a good time to get Brock Purdy uh, a, a chance uh, to reset. And Jacksonville clearly has the ability to win the game don't get me wrong and making a loud statement about it we're uh but again uh they're in our pecking order they're in our, our our they're in our way so 
any any possible loss that can help us later on down the road here, I will take the 49ers all day long. But really, in all seriousness, I think that the 49ers are like, let's let's, let's win something, even if it's 24-20. Let's win something. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Three thoughts. Yeah, three game losing streak for the 49ers. Um, you know, uh, and and you know, listen, you have to root for the 49ers if you're a Colts fan because. You know, if Jacksonville loses, they're six and three, and the Colts beat the Patriots, you're five and five. So, you know, you're right there with you know still plenty of games left to play. So, yeah, you have to root for the 49ers. Um, you know, I, and I and I think the 49ers will win this game. I see. I'm I'm not a big 49ers fan after they lost that NFC Championship game to the Eagles last year. All they did was whine and complain that they lost their quarterback Brock Purdy, and they would have killed the Eagles if he would have been available, but I don't see it that way. I think their defense was terrible in that game and the Eagles took advantage of them, but you know, they've been a bunch of sore losers uh, over the course of the season. And I can't wait for the 49ers to come to Philadelphia on December 3rd. I think it is, (laughs) but that aside, I think they will find a way to right the ship. They got Chase Young, the uh, pass rusher from the Washington commanders at the trade deadline. I think this will be his first game with the 49ers since that trade. And man, I love Chase Young. I, you know, I think he's a good player, um, and he's going to help that defense an awful lot. That's a heck of a defensive line with Bosa, Hargrave, uh, and, uh, and and Chase Young. So they should be able to do some things against that Jaguars offensive line to make life tough for Trevor Lawrence. Well, let's look at uh, the Saints and the Vikings. Uh, I believe the Saints are on the road uh, against the Vikings. Uh, the spread is three. Um, I, I, yeah, I think they're on the yeah they're on the road. Uh, the Saints are against the Vikings. Um, I like the Vikings on this. I mean, uh, Josh Dobbs' performance last week. I mean, why why not like the Vikings in this? Uh, I think they'll win like a I don't know twenty four twenty two. What, what are your thoughts? The spread's three. So Over yeah, the Vikings 40. suddenly yeah yeah. I mean, listen, Josh Dobbs. It was a great story this week after <laughs> what he did last week. Not even knowing his receiver's name. Uh, showing up and and uh, and winning, I guess who they beat the Falcons, I think it was. I mean, shame on Atlanta Falcons, for yeah. losing. Big win. Yeah, I mean Arthur, he's got to be on the hot seat. Arthur Smith. I mean, they just can't figure it out down there, uh, the coach of the Falcons. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Josh Dobbs. If you believe in Josh Dobbs, yeah. But I think the Saints' defense is a little better than the Falcons. I think he could find the sledding a little more difficult, um, having another week to work with his new teammates and you know get a little deeper into the playbook will help him, but. You know, the Saints to me look like, you know, you got to keep an eye on them, I think, in the second half. I think they're kind of finding their stride with uh, Carr at the quarterback spot. You know, I think their defense is kind of uh, rounding in the form a little bit. And, uh, you know, I just think that they're a team that in the second half you have to watch. I think they'll win that division. Um, yeah, I, I would probably go with the Saints. But, you know, the Vikings are certainly, you know, they're playing with a lot of confidence. They, You know, they're right behind the Detroit Lions. Uh you have a big game this week against the Chargers, but I, I like the Saints in this game. I think, to me, they're going to be the team in the second half that you have to watch. You know, I don't disagree with that, but they're going to be without uh, Cam Akers and likely without Justin Jefferson and potentially without uh, K.J. Osborne. Derek Carr, obviously, coming into his, his second wind, if you will, uh, and he, he's been on fire ever since he's been here in Indianapolis, uh, averaging more than six points per game. But I, I, I think that this could come down to, you know, Brian Flores' defense making the final play. And I, I like I like Minnesota at home. We'll see what happens there. 
probably yeah. shouldn't be betting on that one, but we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise uh, me, though, if Vikings win. It wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings win. We can get just a couple more games before we wrap it up and put a bowl on it. We got the Packers who are three of five, a miserable Packers. And, you know, uh, they, they have not uh, been the same without Aaron Rodgers, people are saying. And, uh, you, you know, it, it takes some time. But you, you would think that that quarterback situation would have been a seamless thing. So I don't think, I don't blame it all on the quarterback situation. You know, and at the Steelers, I mean, I, I think anybody that just doesn't even watch football knows how bad the Green Bay Packers suck right now. They could beat the, the Steelers, but I'd be surprised. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a yeah. lot of notes on this game, but uh, <laughs> the Steelers beat the yeah. Packers. I don't. Uh, the Packers aren't any offensive juggernaut. I'm sorry, the Steelers <clears throat> are no offensive juggernaut. Um Boy, that defense is really good. And uh, Jordan Love, boy, he just hasn't – he got off to a good start. Teams adjusted to him. He hasn't adjusted back. And, you know, whether that's the coach or whether, you know, Jordan Love is just limited, I, I don't know. Um, but we'll know after the season if they feel confident going into next year with him. We'll see how this whole thing plays out. I don't – I just don't see them going into Pittsburgh and winning this game. And I, and I, before I came on, I saw that the Steelers ruled out Minka Fitzpatrick, their great – defensive back for this game, but I just don't think it will matter. Um, I think this defense will do things to the Packers that would probably hold the Packers under 10 points would be my guess. And the Steelers offense, as challenged as it is, will find a way to score more than 10 points. So I, I like the Steelers in this game. And the spread's only three there as well. Uh, final divisional game in my division that I that we know that I'm going for, and that's the Tennessee Titans at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know, again, we need we need Jacksonville and Tennessee both to lose this week. And you know, uh, Will Levis, he's on fire, and uh, uh, I, I think that the Buccaneers are good at home. Uh, and they, no, they don't have Tom Brady, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, I like I like Will Levis. He's a, he's also in my I, he's also one of my fantasy guys. So I need him to do well. So why not do well against the Titans? Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. You were just there a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I love that area of the world, Tampa and the West Coast. So what's it like to hear? Florida. What's it like to hear the cannon go off? Scared uh, out of you. <laughs> hey, I used to cover uh, West Virginia. University uh-huh. basketball team years ago, and they shoot a musket off inside the Coliseum. Oh, yeah. So that that's a heart attack waiting to happen there. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, that kind of didn't get get me. But that musket in the Coliseum of West Virginia University gets me every time. Uh, but what yeah, about, this game. What about the? Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead. What were you gonna ask me? Oh, I was just gonna say, what about the giant? Uh, uh, what the Viking horn? What's that thing called? What oh yeah, that? like the uh, yeah yeah. Woo! I love that noise. Yeah, that's not that's not like really sudden and and abrupt. You know, kind of just it's a smooth sound. I love that horn. It comes up on you. I right, go ahead yeah, back to the yeah. Bucks and Titans. I'm so yeah. sorry, sir. Go ahead. That's uh, no, all right. Uh, yeah, well, let's see. But yeah, so yeah, but the Bucks haven't won in a while. I don't think. I mean, they you know they had a good defense when the Eagles went there. Like you said, when I was down there, I mean, he, they, they were playing well on defense, um, but. Something happened. I don't know what, but, you know, they're a different team now, and, you know, they're kind of limping along. I thought they would probably win that division. Now it looks like the Saints will probably win that division. Tampa, I think, is 3-5, and five, and I think they were 3-2 and two when Philly went down there. So they've lost, you know, three in a row here, I think. 
Um, and the Titans, yeah, I like I like Will Levis a lot too. Strong arm kid, um, has a lot of moxie. Not afraid out there. Um, does he always make the right decisions? Probably not, but he, he's a rookie. So you know, it's fun to watch these rookie kids grow. If if you if you know they, there's stuff they're doing well, and he does a lot of things well. So yeah, the Titans, you know, you got to keep an eye on them, and they're playing a team that is a little bit down right now. It's on the road. Um, Tampa's really hurting for a win. They need a win to kind of keep pace, if if you will, with the Saints. But, you know, I, I think the Titans find a way. I know it's not good news for you because that would give them four wins, and you hope the Colts can <laughs> win and get the five wins, and they're not locked with the Titans with four wins. But I think the Titans will find a way uh, to win this game. So the Colts better win tomorrow in Germany against the Patriots. Yeah. Or all these all these conversations and scenarios we've been playing, it means nothing. Uh, right. So, right. you know, we didn't get a chance right. to talk about the Eagles, but what a great win you guys had against your uh, divisional foes, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, and certainly gave them an embarrassing loss. Uh, did not show them much brotherly love, and I, I thought it was a great <laughs> game. Now, the yeah. Giants do have a chance to, to bounce back this week against the, the – I mean, I'm sorry, the Cowboys do have a chance to back – Bounce back this week with the Giants uh, at home there at AT&T Stadium. Uh, what are your thoughts about this matchup before we let you go, sir, the, the Giants and the Cowboys? Uh, well, I never thought I'd see Danny DeVito playing quarterback in the NFL, but here we are with the Giants. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's, that's Tommy like DeVito. That. Yeah, to- yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I listen, the Giants are just a disaster. Um, can't score, you know, obviously, <laughs> down to Danny DeVito or Tommy DeVito. Uh, not good. So, yeah, I expect the Cowboys to get well in a big way. Um, good news for the Eagles is they still get to play the Giants twice at the end of the season, so that should be two layups. Um, you know, but this should be an easy game for the Cowboys, and I think it's on national TV, which, you know, I might that, I might finish my leaf raking in the 425 window tomorrow uh, instead of watching that game because I just don't think that – now, listen, if I look at my phone, I see it's a close game at halftime, maybe I'll put the rake away for a little bit and come in and watch. But I just don't think it will be. I think the Cowboys are, you know, uh, smarting a little bit from last week, losing the way they did, came down to the last play. Great game. Um, they fell, you know, they threw short. Dak Prescott threw short of the end zone, and the Eagles swarmed CeeDee Lamb at the four-yard line, didn't let him get in for the game-winning touchdown as time expired. Um, and the best thing is, is the Eagles get to do it again with the Cowboys in couple weeks, December 3rd, I think they get down to that Dallas. It's going to be a tough rematch, but um, I think Dallas kind of writes the ship in a big way, probably wins by you know, 20 points in this game. So, real quick, uh, final question of the day. Do you know what the Rams and water bottles have in common? The Rams and water bottles? Mm-hmm. I do not. I, no. they, okay. they officially have the Eagles, the Colts, the Commanders recycled water bottle and Carson wins. <laughs> the Rams signed Carson wins this week. <laughs> oh, God. I know they did. I can't believe it. I can't believe he got a job. I'm glad he did, though. I mean, listen, you know, say what you want. I don't think he's a good teammate, whatever. But uh, you know, maybe yeah. he can still do it. You know, let's see. I, yeah, I don't know how much well, he's going to play. You know, Matt Stafford's got that thing locked down, but he's got injury history too, Stafford. So. Yeah, maybe Carson gets in and, and does some decent things. I wouldn't expect well, much, though. He, well, this is like his third Super Bowl team to play with, but he was only on one that actually won. 
Yeah, he does have a ring. Uh, the Colts yeah, have won a the, Super Bowl. The Rams have won a Super Bowl. Uh, and he was with the Eagles when they were. So, you, you know, you can say, hey, he's 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 with three teams that have won Super Bowls. It's not with him. Uh, listen, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think the Eagles win that Super Bowl without Carson Wentz getting him the, getting them the number one seed. And, I don't, you know, what, I don't what he did. Yeah, I mean, you know, when he tore his knee up pretty bad, you know, a couple ligaments in there. He still threw a touchdown pass after he got hurt in a very close game against the Rams to give them the number one seed. Uh, and that actually set the record for most touchdown passes in a season from a quarterback in Eagles history. Uh, and I think it was 33. So, but he, you know, listen, on that knee that he had, that was wrecked to stay in the game and throw that touchdown pass. You know, you have to admire that kind of toughness. Um, but he's just had too many injuries. He's just not the same quarterback as he was in that season before the injuries kind of, uh, wreaked havoc on his career. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, uh, and our official NFL contributor. Ed, thank you for joining us on a Veterans Day. Uh, anything you'd like to say to the veterans? I salute all of them, uh, and thank you all for keeping us safe here in a land where we have so many freedoms and liberties, and you know we can't take that for granted. And so, thank you to, to everyone out there. I salute you to those who served, including you, Tom, and your son. I appreciate that. Thank you, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, Ed, uh, where can people find your work in Masterpieces? I know you're going to be raking leaves in the bye week, but uh, <laughs> maybe uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, you just, can, get a, just, just get a leaf blower and blow them all over <laughs> to your neighbor's yard. Yeah. Wait for them to come back. Well, yeah, well, they'll come out with their leaf blower and blow them right back in the middle yeah, yeah. one, and then you, you guys, know, are, a you guys are at the line of scrimmage. You guys are at the line of scrimmage <laughs> with your leaf blowers. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll be our Sunday afternoon game. All right, buddy. Uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, all right, yep. you. All right, thanks, Tom. Hope thank your throat you. feels better. Bye-bye. Yep. Uh, right. Thank you. I need it. All right, bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, yeah, my throat is kind of starting to come back around, but we don't know how long will that will last. I don't know. Really, seriously, thank you for taking time with us today with the veterans, Rick Riggin. Uh, we appreciate you and, and the guys down at the Post 84 and, and at Evansville at the AMBETS. Check out the AMBETS.com. They're a great organization. Also, BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, they give a lot to the troops. Buy a bag, give a bag. Thank you, Black Rifle Coffee, for all that you do uh, for uh, the the veterans. Um, <laughs> I totally forgot what I was going to say. My name is Tom Marquis, <laughs> El Presidente. Man, it's just been one of those days. Remember, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. Don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. But I do know that I love you. And I know that if you love me. Mandy Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? Is this... Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. 
Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab your sweetheart. 